You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 14. I'll be reading verses 13 through 21. This is the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 people. Um, and invite you to page 21 of your pew Bibles to follow along with today's reading as I read from the Good News Translation. <clears throat> when Jesus heard the news about John, the news that John the Baptist had died, he left there in a boat and went to a lonely place by himself. The people heard about it, and so they left their towns and followed him by land. Jesus got out of the boat, and when he saw the large crowd, his heart was filled with pity for them, and he healed their sick. That evening, his disciples came to him and said, It is already very late, and this is a lonely place. Send the people away and let them go to the villages to buy food for themselves. Jesus answered, they don't have to leave. You yourselves give them something to eat. They replied, all we have here are five loaves and two fish. Then bring them here to me, Jesus said. He ordered the people to sit down on the grass, and they took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and gave thanks to God. He broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. Everyone ate and had enough. Then the disciples took up twelve baskets full of what was left over. The number of men who ate was about five thousand, not counting the women and children. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our Redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. So what I'm about to say might come as a surprise to you, but I love church camp. I'll give you a second to recover from your shock. That being said, there is nothing scarier for me than the first few hours of church camp. It is nerve-wracking for deans and for counselors and can even be scary for campers too. There is no dread like standing in front of 25 to 50 middle schoolers and saying, welcome to camp. I hope this is the best week of your summer. I hope you meet Jesus in an entirely different way. And also, I am so excited for all that this week has to offer you. I can look confident and I can look like I'm having fun doing that in front of a group of middle schoolers, but in the back of my head, it's just spinning. Are they going to like this game? Is this game going to work? Is it going to rain? What do we need to do if it does start to rain? Just spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. All the while we're playing get-to-know-you games and reviewing the boundaries of camp so that everyone has fun. We're doing that work of setting expectations so the whole week supposedly runs smoothly. Then the first meal comes. Then campers settle into little groups that likely will not change unless a mean camp dean makes them move every once in a while. And yes, I am a mean camp dean. 
The counselors intersperse themselves among the group, and all of a sudden, the din of a group getting to know each other overtakes the room. As stressful as those first few hours then, as those first few hours are, it is completely rewarded by that sound. There is no sound quite like a group of people getting to know each other around a meal. In their book, Meeting Jesus at the Table, Cynthia Campbell and Christine Coyfor point out that meals are not calories needed to sustain life. Meals are not just calories, consuming the calories needed to sustain life. Food is meant to be shared. Meals bring people together and meals help form relationships. Food at camp is important. There is so much activity and so much excitement, and food is what fuels that excitement. But mealtimes are more than just the food we eat. Mealtimes are the relationships that we build around those tables. It's my feeling as a planner of camp that mealtimes are just as important as games. Mealtimes are just as important as worship. Mealtimes are just as important as campfires and songs, and mealtimes are just as important as s'mores. All of those essentials of church camp. As I was thinking about today's scripture, I was feeling that same nerve-wracking energy in the story as I feel at the start of church camp. This scripture has that same kind of frantic energy behind it. Because at the start of the scripture, or even really before the scripture, Jesus receives this tragic news that his cousin and co-conspirator in the gospel, John the Baptist, has been beheaded by Herod. And he responds, as we all might, by wanting to get away, by retreating to the wilderness. The problem is is that his popularity has grown to the point where wilderness and solitude are a rare commodity. Jesus and the twelve retreat to a hillside in Galilee so that Jesus can process through his emotions, so that Jesus can pray to God, and so that Jesus can mourn the death of his cousin. But the crowds follow. The crowds form. The crowds bring their sick before Jesus. And rather than be annoyed at this major inconvenience, Jesus has pity, has compassion. Jesus heals those in the crowd. And there had to have been a lot of them because we're told that Jesus is involved and active in this story, in this healing, until it is time for dinner. At which point the disciples come to Jesus with a reasonable request. Given the time of day and the re- and their remote location, the disciples come to Jesus and say, send this crowd away. Let them go get some food. Let us let us go get some food. That's been enough for today. The disciples come to Jesus with a reasonable request, but are given an unreasonable responsibility. 
because Jesus responds to them by saying, you go give them something to eat. If you're so worried about it, you do it. You go give them something to eat. Come again now? In the minds of the disciples, it has likely been a long day. And the disciples are feeling a mix of their own hunger. And they're feeling a compassion for Jesus, who has to still be reeling from the news of the death of his cousin. And they have to be feeling some kind of concern for the physical needs of the crowd. Quite frankly, it's time for all of them to eat something. And finding something for everyone to eat for these 12 disciples is going to not only be daunting, but also bleed into the area of impossible. The disciples come to Jesus with a reasonable request and are given an unreasonable responsibility. All that they've been able to scrounge together, whether from the supply of a little boy or a supply of their own, is five loaves and two fish. And they're not, you know, pointing out the obvious to say that that's not enough. That's not enough for the crowd, and that's barely enough for the 13 of them, 12 disciples plus Jesus. Yet Jesus' command remained. You give them something to eat. Talk about nerve-wracking and stressful. Imagine those poor disciples having to stand in front of a crowd of 5,000 people and say, Welcome to the hillside. You've met Jesus in an impossibly um, powerful way. Now watch as we try our best. The disciples get that they can't do this. The disciples know their limitations amid the immensity of what Jesus has asked them to do. They know that they can't do it on their own, and so they turn to the one who can. They turn to Jesus. And Jesus took what they had and looks to heaven and blesses God and then gives the bread and the fish back to his disciples and sends them back among the crowds one more time. When Jesus said, you give them something to eat, Jesus meant it. In Jesus' hands and with God's blessing, these meager rations feed the entire multitude. And the disciples are even able to collect leftovers. As the supply that they had came and came and came, as the meal distributed, as the meal was distributed, everyone ate their fill. It wasn't just a light snack, it was a fulfilling meal. And I'm sure that the anxiety levels of the disciples lowered, that their stress subsided. And that the sound of a group of people getting to know each other around a meal filled the air. In this meal story of Jesus, in this blessing of bread and sharing of fish, we meet the compassion and the command of Jesus. On a day when Jesus wanted nothing more than to break away and be alone with his grief, he saw a large crowd and had compassion. 
The miracle that Jesus performed demonstrated that Jesus' compassion extends to all of, ma- all that, of what makes us who we are. That Jesus' compassion extends to our physical needs. Jesus is not just concerned about our spiritual health, which he addresses through his teaching. Jesus is also willing to look out for the total well-being of all people. When we find ourselves in need of healing, when we find ourselves facing what we think are reasonable requests and get in response unreasonable responsibility, we can turn to a Jesus who cares. When we come to Jesus, Jesus meets us. And we meet someone who cares, who heals, and who nourishes mind, body, and spirit. And just as it was then, so it is now, and so shall it be. This is who Jesus is. Jesus cares for all of who we are. But do you see the limitation? Jesus is but one person. And there's a big crowd and a lot of work to do. So I like the way that Doc Hollingsworth puts it in his commentary on the Gospel of Matthew. I also like saying the name Doc Hollingsworth. Most Bibles title this reading, Jesus Feeds the 5,000. Actually, Jesus feeds the disciples who then feed the 5,000. And clearly this miracle is the work of Jesus feeding the multitude, but it does not reduce the call of the disciples to passive piety. Our call is to activate ministry. Our call is to meet human needs. It is Jesus who feeds the twelve, and it's the twelve that feed the five thousand. Jesus commanded the disciples to do something hard. Jesus commanded the disciples to do something that bordered on impossible. And then gave them what they needed in order to make it happen. You give them something to eat, Jesus said. And Jesus provided something and inspired the disciples to share freely. During this Lenten season, it is my hope that we encounter the compassion of Jesus and that it allows us to engage fully in this season and to celebrate completely the resurrection. But it's also my hope that we will hear and heed the call of Jesus asking us to do hard things. Jesus acted through the disciples and continues to do so to this day. We are the disciples of Jesus Christ who have been called forth to extend compassion and invite others to the table. And no matter how stressful that is, no matter how nerve-wracking that is, no matter how exhilarating and exciting that is, Jesus' command remains. And Jesus will give us what we need in order to do what Jesus has called us to do, with leftovers included. Would you pray with me? Loving Jesus, we give you thanks for the way that you showed up in the lives of your disciples. And on this day, we simply ask that you would do the same for us. As you called them to do hard things, we know you have called us to do hard things. And give us the courage and the confidence to respond in kind. 
Jesus, extend your compassion into our lives where we need it. And just show us your way. Show us how you've called us to serve. And when that feels daunting, show us how you're willing to help. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.